Good morning to all of you. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the ladies, even if you're not a mother. I'm sure that you've served or and are serving um, others and in a motherly way. So, Happy Mother's Day. Promises. I went on the internet and I googled and I said, how many promises are in the Bible? And it said, <laughs> according to one person and their count, there are 3,573. And then there was another thing I clicked on and said others have counted 7,000. I went to Amazing Facts and they said thousands of thousands. So <laughs> we'll just go with thousands. And the word promise occurs over 50 times in the King James Version. I also have a, um, one of those little calendars that you flip and it has devotions for each day on it. And it, one of them said, God's promises, pass them on. And so I'm passing some on, and hopefully you can pass some on during your week. They referenced Acts 2, verse 39. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off. Uh, my favorite scripture is John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. So if you'd like to turn there. It's a familiar passage. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Jesus um, said this after he was talking to the disciples and he was telling them that he was going to go to a place and they wanted to know where he was going. And he said, well, where I'm going, you can't follow me now. But um, Peter said, well, I'm going to follow you. I'll lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus said, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. So after he told Peter this, he was giving him assurance in John chapter 14. And it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And um, as Steve and I were coming into the church, this passage was read a lot because the pastor we had at that time always talked about Jesus' second coming and about heaven. And we could focus um, on that, on his second coming. We could focus on trusting Jesus from this passage or motivation or belief. But today we're going to look at how this scripture gives hope and peace and joy. So those are the three promises we're going to focus on. Um, and very briefly at that, even just with these three, and with three in, in regards to a thousand or thousands, um, we're just very lightly brushing the surface. Um, hope and peace and joy. I am sure that we could all agree that it is what we need for today's world and all the things that are going on. Um, we think of all the shootings or the natural disasters, diseases and wars that are happening. And... You know, we're, we're told of these things in the Bible. Jesus said, 
He gave us these warnings. And all of these things do affect our daily lives, and especially the ones that are personally involved. And from that, questions that people have are who and why, where, how, when, and they begin to have some uncertainty and some doubt. And of course, from a human perspective, there is really not any answers or hope or peace or joy. But we know we can praise the Lord because we have each we can have each of those. And in fact, they're each a part of Jesus' character. From Isaiah nine six, the Lord is hope and peace or from Isaiah six, the Lord is hope and peace and joy. From Colossians one twenty seven, he's the Prince of Peace. And from Hebrews um, from yeah, from uh, Hebrews 3.18, he's the joy and the God of our salvation. He's also called the hope of glory in the Bible. In preparation for the message, I used the book Promises for You. And when I looked up uh, the scriptures that I'm going to use, I noticed that at times two of the words, if not all of these words, were in within the same scripture. And one example is our scripture reading. We had Romans 15, 13, and had the word hope and joy and peace and all are there. Another one is from Acts 2, 26, and then Galatians 5, 22. So you can see how they are all connected together. And we're going to take a close look at each of these and to see how we can have those now and how they are in the future. So we'll start with hope. The definition of hope is the virtue by which a Christian looks with confidence for God's grace in this world and glory in the next. And I'm going to be giving a lot of scriptures. We're not going to look all of them up, so um, if you want to jot them down or whatever, you can look at them later, but I will give them. Uh, We read in 1 Peter 1, verse 3, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, Jesus' death and resurrection were something that was in the past, but still now, today, we can have the living hope and what his death and resurrection did and does for our salvation. Psalm 147.11 is a psalm of praise. And it says, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. And here the word hope is trust. So we have trust in his mercy. And we know that from Lamentations, his mercies, and his mercies we are not consumed. Romans 5, verses 3 to 5. But we also glory or rejoice in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Here, hope is a confidence and a faith. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We ask, what does hope become to a Christian? Hebrews 6.19 gives us the answer. Which hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. And what is the Christian's hope called? From Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jeremiah tells us from the book of Lamentations, It is good that a man should both hope 
and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Of course, there are other scriptures about hope, but we'll end with Jeremiah 29.11, and again, it's another familiar passage. Uh, here, God is speaking through Jeremiah to the captives in Babylon, and when I read it, I, that part of it, I thought, we're in Babylon today. So here again, it applies to today. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And here the word hope means an expected end. So we know that God wants the best for us, and he does give the best to us. As we move on to peace, the definition for peace is friendly relations between individuals, to be untroubled by disputes, freedom from noise, worries, troubles, and fears. If we go back to Romans chapter 5 and look at verse 1, it says, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here peace is a quietness and a rest that we can have. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, In everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace, again, a quiet and a rest, of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we see here how important prayer is in receiving peace. And we know prayer is, that's the special time that we can spend with God. And he listens to our concerns and our cares, and he relieves our fears and our troubles. Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We can be free from that sin that dwells in us, that carnal mind. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. And here the word peace goes into not only the spiritual but the physical because it's talking about wellness and health, also shalom and safety. Ellen White says in Desire of Ages, page 305, men cannot manufacture peace. How much do we see that um, being tried to happen with the wars and things? Human plans for the purification and uplifting of individuals or of society will fail of producing peace because they do not reach the heart. The only power that can create or perpetuate true peace is the grace of Christ. When this is implanted in the heart, it will cast out evil passions that cause strife and dissension. In John 14:27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That phrase, let not your heart be troubled, was from John 14, and I think it was also mentioned um, in the uh, offering appeal. John 16:33. Here Jesus was telling the disciples all the things that they were going to be experiencing as his disciples. Um, people hating them, of course, not allowing them in the synagogues, and that people would kill them, thinking they're doing a service for God. And he also told them that about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he said, These things I have spoken to you, 
that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And we'll finish peace with Proverbs 16.7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And peace here is to restore. So that is something that is very amazing that peace does, is give restoration. I don't know how many of you like acronyms. Um, that's where you have a, a word, and the letters of the word get, can give a message. And a couple examples of that would be faith, forsaking all, I take him, or grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. There is one for joy, and you can use this in your prayer time. It's Jesus, others, and you. The definition for joy is intense happiness or great delight. Rejoice, joyfulness, especially shared with others. And in our um, ways of things that we do in this life, we think of things like graduations or weddings or births that we, when it happens, we share it with others. And probably the ultimate thing that would give joy is to share God's word. As we heard in Romans 5 that we should rejoice in tribulations, James 1, chapter 1, verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Here, joy is cheerfulness or a calm delight. And I think as us humans go, when tribulations and trials come, I don't know necessarily that our first thought is a calm delight. <laughs> but... That is what we can have if we so choose. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 talked about receiving peace through prayer. John 16, 24 says, Ask and you receive, and your joy will be complete. So we know when we pray, we are in God's presence. And the end of Acts two twenty eight says, You will fill me with joy in your presence. Psalm 19, 8, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And this is to brighten up and cheer up. From Hebrews 1.9, it said, Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. And here, this is gladness. Because he loves righteousness and hates wickedness. We'll close out joy with 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So in closing, for the future, we have hope in Jesus' second coming and in heaven. For the time we live in now, we have a living hope because of Jesus' death and resurrection. We have hope in the Lord's mercies, for we know his mercies are new every morning, and hope becomes an anchor of the soul. For peace in the future, we think of the wolf lying next to the lamb and the earth made new. We have peace now because we are justified by faith through Jesus. Through prayer, we receive God's peace that will guard our hearts and minds. We have great safety, wellness, and health when we love the law of the Lord. 
and there can be restoration in our enemies when our ways please the Lord. Joy in the future is seeing Jesus face to face. Now we can have full, complete joy as we come to the Lord in prayer to be in his presence. When we love righteousness, we can be anointed with the oil of joy, the joy and the God of our salvation. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your promises and just ask that we will claim those promises as we go from day to to day. Whatever trials or situations or things that come along, help us to know that we can trust in you, that you will give us the peace, that quiet, and the rest, and the restoring. We thank you for your joy, especially in your salvation. Guide us into a new week. Bless all the mothers and all the ladies who tend and minister to others. We thank you for all your answered prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.